morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'll be your host on Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. You know, as I was preparing for the show this morning, I wasn't sure if I should go on a more serious note or more of a lighthearted note. Anyone that knows me, um, <laughs> I like having fun, so I, you know, lightheartedness is just part of my ordeal, part of my everyday life, you know, smiling, jokes, laughter, having fun, that's what I'm about, so I'm going to keep to that this week, maybe a different time, I'll go on the more serious note, and then it goes back, you know, last week I started off the show, I think some sometime in that opener there, talking about how, you know, November Fools, November 1st, and how I was very much enjoying the lack of cold weather. And I take that back. Take it all back. No, the truth is I enjoyed it and, and I'm forever. <laughs> I shouldn't say forever. Whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Um, But I knew, I knew it wasn't going to last long and uh, it, it, it didn't. It did not. I'm, I'm looking at that handy dandy weather app we spoke about. And I see on Friday, as of now, the low is going to be 25 degrees. Let me tell you something about the first 20-degree weather I see of the season. I refuse to leave my room on the first 20-degree weather of the season. I see 20s. I say, nah, I'm not doing this day. That's it. I'm going to sit this one out. It's a work day. I'm going to sit this one out. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hate knocking. I'm, I'm, I, I don't think I'm coming in on Friday. 20 degrees? Might have to pull this one from home, but the the problem is it's Friday, so it's Shabbos. I'm going to have to arrange for some sort of escort straight from my apartment building to the shul. The way back, could, could we could have some issues, so uh, if anyone has any ideas. Because 20-degree weather is, it, no, no, we don't do that thing. Not from where I'm from. Not mentally prepared, not anything prepared for that one. Though earlier this week I did make an Amazon... Uh, order for um what i got some sweaters or sweatshirts you know the truth is i i still to this day have no idea what the difference is between a sweater and a sweatshirt i think i just grew up that both of them were the exact same thing i i call everything a sweater so i mean what i'm wearing right now i have no idea if this is a sweater or a sweatshirt there's no buttons it's kind of like a, a pullover I call it a sweater. If it's a sweatshirt, I apologize, but it's a sweater to me. But yeah, I ordered a bunch of sweaters, some shoes, and then I've also never had in my uh, in my clothing repertoire in my closet a uh, like forty degree rainy jacket. Like I have this pea coat and like a winter jacket, but I wouldn't call like the winter jacket like so like waterproof. So I finally like saw one on Amazon. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna get it. And uh, which I could have really used early yesterday and uh, Monday, but um, I finally have that now coming hopefully tomorrow. And I kind of feel bad because I I haven't actually done an Amazon order in a while. And this is the first week in my apartment building where they're doing elevator maintenance. And when there's elevator maintenance, it means you can't use the elevator. So the elevator, uh, I guess our apartment management, whatever, from, from this week... Until like, uh, what is it, like middle of January? I think it's like 10 weeks. No elevators. And I live on the fourth floor. So I guess could be worse, but could be better. 
It means it's a lot of stairs for me. I was actually deciding. I was like, you know what? I, I put on a few pounds. I could I could lose, you know, a solid 10, 20, whatever it is. I was deciding. I was like, yeah, I should I should probably. This is a good time to go on a diet. You know, I got to take the stairs. So so there's part of the workout. And, you know, when I go on a diet, it just means I eat better and work out every day. I, I don't try to do anything crazy. Um, when I went on, like, a huge diet, I probably did it in a really unhealthy way. But I've lost the weight, so I guess it worked. Um, but I'm not doing anything drastic, you know, just, just simply lay off the sweets, lay off the treats, lay off the carbs, kind of just, you know, proteins and, and fruits and vegetables and then working out. And that usually does the trick. Um, but anyway, I, I just, I decided <laughs> I'm going to push off the diet for two weeks. Like just, just like everyone does. I wasn't feeling it this week, you know, kosher fest coming up next week. I was just like, eh, kosher fest. I kind of like to see what's there, so I'm going to push off the diet until after then. Also, there was this, this like Dunkin' promotion going on for the next two weeks that I'm kind of like, I'm I'm digging it. You know, everyone runs on Dunkin'. Certainly my diet runs on Dunkin', or lack thereof. So I'm kind of just going to wait it out another two weeks. I'll catch you up on my diet talks a different time. All right, let's 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 talk about what's going to be on this week's show. Joanna Shepson joins the program. I haven't heard that name in a while, but she's back for the 2017-2018 season six season of Bite Size here. And uh, she has an interview with Debbie Kali. A uh, it's going to be a she. Uh, it's a unique mo- museum in a moshav, just outside of Jerusalem, that really tells the story of Israel. It, it's it's a a short interview, but a good one. Lots of information. That'll be at about nine thirty a.m. Eastern, and then uh, Tova Knecht at ten a.m. She joins the program. And she interviews Nava Schaffner, the director of Ima Kadima, also an Israeli social activist. That'll be at about, again, 10 a.m. Eastern. And then wrapping up this week's Bite Size, the segment now known as Is That a Thing? And this week, it's not really an Is That a Thing thing. You know, I mean, the segment, we're going to call it Is That a Thing? But sometimes it's going to be a, like a, a did you know, like random fact also that I've just randomly heard of over the last week or so. Um but the segment we're still going to call Is That a Thing? This week's, though, is more of a Did You Know? This is a thing I heard for the first time. Um, and, again, Miriam Wallach will join me, and that'll be at about, usually about 10.50. You really never know. Um, you really never know how, how the day's going to go, if I want to play another selection, if I'm not. Um, but I'd say 10.50 or so is usually a, a, a good guess. Though sometimes if I apologize if it's ten forty five. I don't know. It just you know, it depends how long I'm I'm feeling talking to Miriam. So Joanna nine thirty, Tovat ten. Is that a thing comes up at about ten fifty? And what comes up usually right after this intro? Mahapecha Shel Simchana Wednesday bite size right here on the Nachum Seagull Network. שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, נשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים hey, שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים להיט. Tarimulila 
מחבל אוהבים שתמיד נהיה שמחים. חייל, תרניב לי את הקהל, הם לא עובדים בכלל, תרניבו את היד. מהפכה של שמחה, כי כולנו משפחה, זה
כולנו מתפללים ומחכים למשיח רק יגיע קשת כולנו חברים כולנו מתפללים ומחכים למשיח כבר רוצה להגיע מחכה לך ולי
Hour here on Bite Size on the Nachum Seal Network. It's now time for Joanna Shepson's interview with Debbie Callie. Again, she has a uh, unique museum in a Moshav outside of Jerusalem, and she's going to talk to Joanna about it right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Seal Network. Thank you, Yoni. Today I'm taking you back in history, into Israeli history and a bit of Jewish history. I'm sitting with Debbie Kali, and she lives in Beit Meir, which is a moshav just outside Jerusalem, off of Kvish Echad, off of Road 1. Um, hi, Debbie. How are you? Thank you. I'm okay. Enjoying a sunny day and great company. Oh, thank you. So we're actually sitting in Debbie's living room, and it is not just any typical living room. It is filled with artifacts that will tell us stories about the history of Israel, the history of the Jewish people. And I'm going to let Debbie tell us a little bit about how she started collecting. Hi. Thank you, Joanna. We started collecting uh, seriously about 20 years ago. Uh, It had been my in-law's uh, anniversary. They married in 1947, not as planned, a very meager wedding. We decided the kids and grandchildren to make something more um, celebratory. Our children decided they wanted to put on skits and took for the skits things that they say every grandparent's home has these. It could be a kerosene heater, it could be fossils, it could be um, an old school bell, Karen Kayemet. A uh, charity, charity box, uh, a special lamp that was used by the Haganah to make sure that the British couldn't find a, a, a slick, a hidden weaponry um, factory. It could be a Hanukkiah that was given to us that had belonged to somebody from Poland, unfortunately did not get out of the Holocaust alive. But this artifact got to his family. May I turn it on now quickly? Mm-hmm. Let's hear what it says. Do you recognize the tune? And this is a Hanukkiah and in the bay, and you can hear the Hatikva in the distance. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. As you can see, Debbie loves to tell stories. And these artifacts are not just things that are on her coffee table, but she's actually taken an entire um, chicken coop called a lul and turned it into Saba's little museum. So tell me a little bit about the artifacts that you've got in your museum. Oh, we have lots of suitcases. The Jewish people has been known as a nomadic nation and we have here uh, lots and lots of suitcases valises from all over the world from different times from di- times of stress also from times when people were able to come here at their own liberty we have fossils 
from the sea that were found here proof that once upon a time this area wasn't the, just the beautiful hills of Judea, but also this was a sea place full of urchins. What other things? I know I saw a lot of tools that were used in kitchens and in craftsmen. That's, that's You're right. A lot of housewares uh, we also have from different uh, professionals who no longer exist. You have a saddle maker's special chair. We have the knife grinders, the travelling knife grinders, uh, special equipment. We have carpentry tools from uh, more than 300 years ago from Germany. We have tools that were found locally, many ploughs and harvesters, hand reapers. My favourite is the uh, Israeli-made tractor that's in your garden. Isn't that cute? It's fabulous. So some of our listeners must be wondering, how does Debbie know so much about Israeli history, but her accent does not seem to be Israeli? So tell us a little bit about where you come from and how you came to Israel. I'm Australian born and bred. I I come from a very Zionistic family. My father founded B'nai Akiva in Australia. He he was the first member of Hachshara, the first representative uh, to come to Israel, to what was then known as a Machon Lamadrichei Chol. Maybe some of our listeners were there themselves. And... uh, I always knew that I was coming home to Israel. And indeed, as soon as I finished high school in 19, uh, early 72, I came from here for a year. But I'm still here. A year later, my family managed to make Aliyah. There was no reason to go back. My broader family has also come, all my cousins. Both of my grandparents managed to make uh, Aliyah as well. And we're happy where we are. We are satisfied where we are. And how many generations are you living in Beit Meir right now? On our farm now, we have four generations, uh, my mother, our own family, our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, and, my, and our grandchildren, that's right. Fantastic. And then tell us a little bit about your husband's family and their connection to the Moshav of Beit Meir. Uh, my husband's family is one of the pioneering families of the Moshav. My father-in-law fled Germany the day after Kristallnacht. He came to Eretz Israel. He always wanted to live on a Moshav, and he participated in a Paula Mizrahi tour that used to go around looking for places to find a uh, to found a moshav that would be affiliated with the Paula Mizrahi. He came to this area. He said this area has always been occupied. It may look barren now, but look at the strategic importance. Look at what's going on here. Look at the archaeological finds. And thanks to his uh, yekish. Determination. Determination or foresight, yeah. We've been here since uh, Rosh Chodesh Nisan in 1950. That's amazing. I'll tell you, today happens to be a super clear day. And as we stand outside of Debbie's house, we can see Ashkelon. We can see Tel Aviv. We can see the little bits of the uh, Yamatichon. We can see Modi'in, Beit Shemesh. You see it all from here. It's a really strategic place because it's up so high. Um, And... Tell us a little bit more maybe about what else is around in this area so that if tourists are coming into town, they want to spend a half a day here, they'll come, they come to the Saba's Museum, they'll get a tour from you. And what other things are there to do in the area? Uh, we're part of what's known as Park Rabin. Uh, yesterday was his yacht site. Um, we have a right 10-minute walk, just walk up the hill here, and we have the smallest official nature reserve in Israel called the Masrek. Uh, in there, you can also find trenches from the time of the War of Independence and also from the Sinai campaign. Beautiful flora there. Um, we are also adjacent to the Burma Road, which has become a popular walking trail and cycling. We have also a little hill called the Carmela because it's a similar type of topography as the Carmel up in near Haifa. And there are a lot of uh, interesting 
areas in that area. We are also part of what's known as the Martyrs Forest, which was planted by people who lived here. Many of them were themselves um, Holocaust survivors. Beautiful. So there's a lot of nature, a lot of history, mm-hmm. some fun, definitely. Yeah. And um, maybe some of the listeners also are remembering last year that you had some major fires here and that the community was affected. Can you tell us a little bit about how the community was affected and how I see they've bounced back? Um, how we were affected, the uh, the farms towards the at the entrance to the Moshav, about 15 farms were burnt. Uh, they had asbestos roofs. The, people, the whole Moshav was uh, evacuated uh, for about four or five days. Those particular families for two to three weeks, depending on what was going on. But they've been resurrected and the fire has made the Moshav become a lot more cohesive. And that is just so important for any community that wants a feeling of community. And we have that. And we've gone ahead. And that's uh, that's the idea. It's part of our tikva. Before we heard the tikva from the Chanukiah. And this is something that we're working on very, very hard. And Baruch Hashem is all succeeding. Beautiful. So I'd really like to let you all know that you can spend a half a day easily, if not a full day here in the Beit Meir area. Um, send an email to Debbie at Saba, S-A-B-A, at funinjerusalem.com. And uh, she can arrange everything for you. She'll give you the tour. She can arrange um, possibly to have Madrichim take you on Tiulim in the area. And you're taking a step back in history. I love when I can recommend a tourist attraction where it's not necessarily about the most modern and the most high tech and the most in some ways fake. This is real. This is absolutely real. And I, I suggest that everyone come. Debbie wants to say one more thing. Yeah, I, I think you hit the button on the head. We have a lot of objects that aren't only for Eretz Israel and Jerusalem and Judaism, for, for people from all around the world. And this is a place to say, well, this is where things came from. How did they work? What were they for? But to appreciate what we have today so that tomorrow we'll have an even more happy generation ahead of us. Thank you so much, Debbie. This was really wonderful. And uh, just to remind you all, you can reach Debbie at Saba at funinjerusalem.com. All right, now back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna, and thank you, Debbie. Again, Joanna, you could reach our funinjerusalem.com if you're already planning your winter vacation or Pesach already. Funinjerusalem.com, contact Joanna. She could tell you all the cool things to do while you're looking for activities to do there in the land of Israel. More coming up, including Tova's interview with Nava Shefner. That'll come up at about 10. Again, but plenty more music right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. אם אתה מרגיש שאתה כל הזמן רוצה להספיק הכל פשוט תזכור כי הכל כתוב מלמעלה אז תנסה סמוך על הבורא הכל יכול שוב יש תנועה בדרך אל העבודה אתה צולע אחר אל הפגישה ואולי מרגיש שכל יום כמו מרוץ גם, גם אם אתה קצת מתוסכל ונראה לך שזהו המזל תח בשם ותאמין בו דספסיטו קח את החיים שלך ודספסיטו כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו לכל הכבד הטוב ותאמין בו דספסיטו קח את החיים שלך ודספסיטו כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו לכל הכבד הטוב ותאמין בו 
Top of the hour here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. It's now time for Tova Knech's interview with Nava Schaffner, the director of Ima Kadima, also an Israeli social activist. She speaks with Tova right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. 
Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting in the beautiful, brand new Orient Hotel in Jerusalem on Emek Rafa'im. It's absolutely stunning. And I'm lucky enough to sit here with the gorgeous founder of Emek Kadima, Nava Schaffner, who's also a social activist. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So before we get into Emek Kadima and what its mission is, uh, please tell us who you are and uh, a little bit about your Aliyah story. So my name is Nava Schaffner. Uh, I made Aliyah when I was 12 with my parents. I'm the youngest of four, and most of my siblings stayed in the States. Wow. Um, and I fell in love with Israel when we were on sabbatical here when I was five years old. And I remember the first time I looked at the Kotel and the first time I came to Jerusalem, and I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to be. It's like not even a question. Um, and then when I was, and it was very clear that we were never going to be able to make Aliyah. Um, my dad's a professor of philosophy. And the only thing you can do when you're a professor of philosophy is profess philosophy. Like, you can't really do anything else. Uh -huh. And so it was very clear that we weren't ever going to make Aliyah, but we would come. Um, we came on sabbatical twice, and I loved it here. And then when I was in sixth grade, we were going to come again for a year. And then my father, um, like two weeks before we made Aliyah, Two weeks before we came, my father um, was called in the middle of the night and told that he was appointed full professor at Hebrew University. Wow. So we came on Aliyah instead. It was pretty it, amazing. It all works out. It all works out. And then um, I came here when I was 12. I did not specifically have an easy time, but I think, and I always say that the most important thing um, when someone makes Aliyah or anywhere in life is your perspective. And I made Aliyah with the perspective that I love Israel and that I want to be here. And so whatever the challenges I had, um, and I had quite a few, um, in the end of the day, I was home and I felt it and I still feel it. And so I... Um, Grew up here. I did two years of Shirut Lumi. I um, went to Bar Ilan University and got a degree. And I got married and had three kids. And I founded an amazing organization that really inspires me. And inspi the women that I work with inspire me every day. Wow. So this organization is called Ima Kadima. Ima Kadima. We empower career-minded moms and promote family-friendly workplaces. And it really just started as a Facebook group. Um, my friend who, began, who started the Facebook group was coming home one day from her job at around 5 p.m. And she saw a friend of hers. And her friend's like, where are you coming from? She said, I'm just coming from work. And um, her friend says to her, oh, I'm so sorry. She's like, why? <laughs> like, I love my job and I love my family and I shouldn't have to apologize for that. So she started a Facebook group for women who feel like they want to have careers and they want to be moms and there doesn't need to be a conflict of interest. Uh -huh. And the Facebook group started growing and then we had, we decided to have an event and that's when I got involved. And we had this amazing panel um, about juggling career and motherhood and we thought like 20, 25 people would come and we had 75 people. Wow, in your first event. In our first event. That's great. And we, every single person at the event came up to me and said, you found a need that we didn't even know we had. And that's when I decided to start Ima Kadima. Um, we now have over almost 9,000 women on the group. And besides for doing like individual empowerment where we help women um, build their skills, build self-confidence, help each other network. We also have an advocacy arm where we've really lobbied and changed laws in Israel to help 
women and men take a more proactive Mm -hmm. role in their career and family life. So we changed the maternity leave law in Israel. We've encouraged people to um, not have meetings between the hours of 4 and 7 p.m. because that's basically saying that you don't want young parents there. We call it the three-hour embargo. So we've done a lot of advocacy campaigns, but the really big resource is our group, as I said, of over 9,000 women. And it's not just a group of 9,000 women. It's an active group of 9,000 women. It's really active. It's extremely active. It's extremely active, and people, people come to me, even people I don't know, when they hear what I do, they come and talk to me every day about... Um, oh, I got a job from here, I met the right business partner, and on the most basic level, women have learned and been taught and helped each other learn that it's possible and that you don't have to be sorry for who you are and what you do. And as long as your perspective is positive, you can go far. So it's really cool. That's incredible. What are some types of women that are part of this group? What types of businesses do they So have? it's interesting. We have women-owned businesses, right? We have people who are just business owners. We have women who are what we, you know, what people jokingly call working stiffs, people, women who work for, you know, nine-to-five jobs and everything in between. Um, we have part-time um, people who work part-time. We have stay-at-home moms. We don't, we are not against stay-at-home moms. We believe that... Everyone just has to make the decision for themselves what's right for them. Um, and choose, what we say is, you know, instead of saying you can't have it all, you have to choose what it all means, and you have to choose what success means to you, define it, and then, and then, and then reach for it. One of our best tools, as Tova, I'm sure you know, is Bragging Wednesday. It's my favorite <laughs> thing. Wednesday is my favorite day on Ima Kadima because you, we encourage all women to... Uh, post a brag about themselves, post an accomplishment that they made in their work versus life uh, uh, life, or, or in their professional life uh-huh. that teaches women that it's okay and it's important to take credit for your accomplishment. To be proud of themselves. To be proud of yourself because yeah. research shows that so many times women don't take credit for their accomplishments. When a man and a woman are in the same situation in a workplace, many times men get the credit because they take it. Uh-huh. And women won't take the credit and right. won't take the credit for their accomplishments. And so we encourage it. And it's amazing. It's really... And, 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 and all of the other women in the group will then support right. um, someone who brags. And the, the brags that end up getting the most support are the women who say, I don't know if this is a brag and this is just a small brag. or This is my first brag because I don't really... You know, I'm not used to doing this. Right. But, you know, I just... I don't know. Every we've had everything from I literally posted a brag one time, which was I took a shower today, and believe me, that day it was a brag. Um, no, but I think to, you really created a safe place. Yeah, a safe haven. These are women that are all there to encourage each other, and they're, nobody's looking to, you know, um, outsmart the other or compete. You know, it's yeah. all a case of we we all live in Israel, and we all want to do well. We all, you know, moms right. are single or married or not married, but you've created a place for everyone to just support each other and it's yeah amazing. which you know they say that behind every successful woman women is a tribe of other successful women <laughs> who have their back and that's what Ima Kadim is all about and we are so fortunate that we've been able to build this community that people feel has empowered them and yet 
is a safe space, but still challenges them. And challenges people to strive for success, whatever they, that means to them, and achieve it and be accountable. Um, and so it's really great. And it's not only online. We've had multiple in-person events. And in oh, so two days, yes. we're having our biggest event of all. We're having a conference that we're calling Triumph of the Emas, where we're just going to talk about shifting the narrative about career-minded motherhood from guilt to empowerment and to talking about the positive perspectives of the fact that I believe that being a professional makes me a better mom and being a mom makes me a better professional. So we're going to meet up in Tel Aviv at Merkaz Enav, which is right next to Kikar Rabin. Um, we're going to be around 300 women, and I think there might be a few tickets left if you quickly go to our, um, our Facebook, ch check it out of Triumph of the Emas, but I don't know if there's any tickets left. The link will be, on, uh, will be posted along with the interview. Uh, fantastic. And, yeah, we're going to get together. We're ha going to have different women from the community speak. We have a surprise um, keynote speaker who's going to be incredible. Um, and we have an expo of um, a subgroup of Ima Kadima. One of the best things about Ima Kadima is that we've birthed um, multiple... You branched out. We've branched out to multiple subgroups. This one is called IWIN, which is the Israel Women's Entrepreneur Network. Mm -hmm. And it's goal of empowering women is very similar. Its mission is a little bit different. Um, what they, they were specifically for women-owned businesses right? Um, and to promote women-owned businesses rather than to just advance everyone's career. Um, and we're going to have an expo of different products that um, these women-owned businesses have and make, and it's going to be a great opportunity for people to support a great cause and do their Hanukkah shopping early. Right. Um, and but not only do you support product-based businesses, you also um, support, support services. Service, service yeah, Iwin is businesses. a right. The expo is going to be a product, but Iwin is in general all women-owned businesses, right. um, and helping them get ahead. And Iwin members are also usually members of Ima Kadima, where our mission is really to help career-minded mothers. Um, advance in their careers and so we do have like a strict non-promotion policy and very 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 amazingly hard-working volunteer moderators who keep things on topic which is important because I'm sure you've all been on Facebook groups that are just yes. like a free-for-all exactly. and so we're really careful to keep ours on topic um, and that's kind of a big part of what we do and the other big principle of ours is that in the end of the day, you can't ask a, per a woman to be in charge of also the family and also be the CEO and also do everything at home and, and have, you know, the most full-time job. It's just not fair and it's not okay. And so what we encourage is we encourage all part pieces of the family to be um, to have equal parts, and we talk about equal parenting a lot. And so one of the things we did when we changed the maternity leave line is, well, we got an extra week for moms, oh, for moms, and the extra week is also being able to be taken as paternity leave. That's because great. when we, when we um, push forward only mothers and we talk about mommy-friendly things, in the end of the day, we're really holding ourselves back because we're putting too much pressure on ourselves, and we shouldn't need to have all that pressure. And so that's another big piece of Emocadema's platform. That's amazing. So I'm hoping, I hope for you that the event is successful and it leads it to be. many more. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. And we also have some great support. We're doing it together with the Tel Aviv Municipality and together with ROI Community. Um, it's really going to be an exciting event.
Okay, so just in terms of someone that has made Aliyah and you're running an amazing business here, what would be some Aliyah advice you have to women that have fantastic businesses already in Chutzla, it's out of Israel, right. and that that's what's holding them back from moving here because they're nervous to take that business and bring it to Israel, or they're nervous right. what's going to happen to that business. What's your so, advice? So my advice is twofold. First of all, um, you're right about the fact that a business in the United States won't be the same business in Israel, and so you have to be flexible. You have to, be, you have to kind of map out the needs and figure out what... Um, what is the right thing for your business in Israel. Um, that being said, you need to know that there are women here excited to help you. And the supportive community, Ima Kadima, is one of many supportive communities that really enjoy empowering women and, and, and helping women get on their feet and... Um, are excited to help also. Are excited to help. And really, it, the feeling of community is... Is, is high in Israel. And in the end of the day, I joke all the time about how if you walk in the street in New York and you fall down, yeah. right? Because you mm -hmm. trip on your shoelaces, <laughs> right? No one's going to, like, no. everyone's going to be like, oh, no, she's going to sue me if I help her up. Now, I will tell you, I've walked on the street in Jerusalem and tri tripped over my shoelaces. And you know what happened? Not only did someone pick me up, they then spent 15 minutes yelling at me about how my shoelaces were untied and that wasn't okay. At the end of the day, we're all family here. And so everyone likes helping everyone. And my advice to you is just take a deep breath and take a leap of faith. So your advice probably to, that's wonderful advice, your advice probably to moms that already live in Israel that want to start their own business is probably the same, that yeah. they should take a leap of faith and take the leap that of they faith, have the support. Fantastic. Do you have Aliyah advice in general? Your perspective is key. My husband made Aliyah when he was 15, and he made Aliyah with the perspective that he didn't want to be here. Uh -huh. And it was really, really tough for him until he kind of was able to change his mind. And that's a lot of the work I do is talking about changing perspective. The difference between a career-minded mom and a working mom is all in your head. There, you know, if you can be a career-minded mom and work part-time, and you can be a working mom that just wants to work and really if she didn't have to wouldn't want just wouldn't even want to um and it's, uh, again it's all in your head and that's my ally advice my ally advice is do something that even if it makes you feel uncomfortable your perspective is that you want to be here um the one last story i will tell was when i was a little kid and uh when we met alia we i was at a group meeting of parents and children who have made Aliyah. Uh -huh. And there was this one guy who had two big complaints. His first complaint was, everything in Israel is wrong. The milk is in bags and I don't have Tropicana orange juice and the education system is terrible and this is terrible and that is terrible and that is terrible. And his second complaint was, why does my kid hate it here? <laughs> well, why, why doesn't my kid understand that I made Aliyah out of deep Zionistic longing and it's an important place to be? Right. And so he didn't even see the what, he didn't even the see detrimental the detrimental effect of bad mouthing Israel at the same time exactly because your kids aren't going to understand your higher purpose if right. you're going to sit around the Shabbos complaining table about and sit milk around and <laughs> complaining about Israelis and complaining about all of the things here not it's not it's, the, your kids aren't going to love it here if you come with a perspective of. We're, we're coming to the home of the Jewish people. We're coming to be on the front lines of Jewish history and to live with a purpose. And there are some challenges, but there are some challenges. But in the end of the day, you know, 
we're here because we want to be here and we're here to be Israeli and to be part of the society, then it might be tough, but in the end of the day, your kids are going to come out better. That's what I believe. Fantastic. So I need to ask you, what's your Israel happy place? What's my Israel happy place? First of all, no question about it. It's in Jerusalem. Yerushalayim has my heart and soul. Um, and specifically in Jerusalem, it's hard to narrow it down to two, but I will. Um, I can't narrow it down to one, sorry. Um, but my first is sitting in Kadosh, which is one of my favorite cafes in Jerusalem, and just people watching and seeing uh, all the different kinds of people that come in through those doors and just make up the incredible tapestry that is this amazing city. My second um, secret happy place is... Uh, it's not going to be secret now. <laughs> I know, it's not going to be secret now, and I, I, they're probably going to bar it now, but it used to be that if you would go up to the top of the Imbal Hotel, and you would go up one more flight, like w one more flight after the elevator's end, you could get on to the roof, and there was like, the roof used to be open. I don't know if well, it still is Well, they're expanding now. And now they're expanding. I don't, so know, I don't know, know if it exists anymore. anymore, but that had the most incredible, incredible quiet 360 yes. degree view of Jerusalem. Thank well, you. I wish you tremendous success. Thank you so much for and uh, much much success with the event that you're ho that you're having. Yeah, and, it's going to uh, be great. Really. Triumph of the Imas, you should all come. If there's any tickets left, I don't think there will be. And thank you for all your support that you've given me through uh, oh, on a you. personal level. Thank you. And I know you're going to go far. And I've told you that. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blushing. Anyway, thank you. Uh, thank you, Nava, for sitting down with me. And thank you, Yoni, back to you. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Nava. TovaInIsrael.com, Tova and Israel on Facebook, where you could find all of her wonderful things that she does. She's always got some sort of, like, videos going on, some Shook videos. Plenty, plenty of coverage from the land of Israel. Plenty more coming up on Baitai's again. Is that a thing? Comes up at about 10.50 or so. But for now, plenty more music on Bite Size right here on the Nahum Single Network.
Father, 
gun, we praising the shim with all of our soul. The creeper is fighting, we know we raging a war, we won't let him go. Even if the world don't turn, the fire will burn the H time me. A core bond, some sacrifice. Yeah, put H on me, we clapping loud, screaming loud, we gonna take the crown, bring it back straight to the king. Then we bow, now who complete? Yep. Pick up a mix for lay down the hate. All I'm a bar, all I'm a say, the feeling is great, what we can say. Praise a shim, his now name is great. Like the shine upon your crown Yeah, we're up so high In the midnight sky And we'll never come back down And we are back on Bite Size for the final segment called Is That A Thing? I almost said the total, not not the right segment name, but that's fine. We're, um, not, we're not calling it Yoni and the Old Girl? I think we're calling it for now, Is That A Thing? With Yoni and the Old Girl. Okay, fine. Nah, we'll, we'll I'm leave owning that. Part that. Off. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay. Good morning, by the way. Good morning. How are you? I being the old girl. You being, <laughs> <laughs> if our listeners couldn't figure that one out. Yeah. Um, okay, so for this week. I know I've dubbed the segment name, at least, Is That a Thing? But it's going to be probably a blend of both Is That a Thing and then things like Did You Know? Like things I've also heard for the first time, just okay. like a fact or whatever. So I was watching Jeopardy on Monday night. Were you? No. Okay. But I'm flattered. Okay, so I was watching Jeopardy Friday <laughs> Friday night, Monday night. Yep. And um, it, I, I forgot even the name of the... the uh, Category. Yeah. Gee, mm-hmm. Killing it today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the name of the category. And basically, it whatever the question answer was, um, <laughs> what I'm trying to bring up here, that I didn't know ever, and now I know for the first time, okay. that LASIK is yeah. an acronym. Yes. You knew that? Yes. Do you know what it stands for? Um, I know the first word is laser. Correct. Um, Second word. Let's try, to, let's try to get this out. I don't know what the A is. I think the S and what the sec the S is sight or something to do with. It seems like it. I okay, mean, what is it? Laser assisted. Okay. In situ, S I T U, which I guess is some sort of ophthalmology word for okay. sight. I guess keratomelusis. Okay, that I certainly didn't know, so, but yes, I did know that it was an acronym. Really, I had no yeah. idea. Have you ever thought of getting LASIK? Um, I thought about getting LASIK. For about a nanosecond. Okay. Yeah, that long. Because, um, number one, when I thought about it, I was already too old. Is that something you can? Yes, you age out. Like many things in life, you okay. age Perfect out. Perfect for the name of the segment, yeah. Yes, um, exactly. And number two out. is that I like my glasses. So for like an eighth of a second, I was like, maybe I should do that because it would be cool to wake up in the morning and be able to see without right. an assistive device. But I was like, no, I can't stand the way I look in contacts. How bad is your vision? 
Um, Can you see without glasses? No, I cannot see without glasses. I can't see the computer screen without glasses. I certainly could not see you. You're sitting. Well, in in theory, it's really not that bad, but my husband refers to me as blind as a bad. Oh, God, no. I can't. I joke in my house that I can't hear without my glasses on. I'm so dependent on my glasses that I really need them for, you know, a a very many If I put a piece of fish and a piece of chicken in front of you without your glasses, would you be able to... Well, can I can I touch them? No. Um, well, one's pink if it's salmon. So. Well, so that's what I'm saying. How bad is your vision? That like I know colors are uh, colors are colors still... Are, are still in existence, right. but they're completely blurred and distorted. Right. You're not colorblind. No, no women aren't. Girls are not colorblind. That's a that's a guy thing. That could have been another segment. Yes, that could have been. That, I don't believe you don't know that one. How, how Do you know that radar is an acronym? No. Do you know that tip is an acronym? Yes. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Tip. 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 I know this one. Um. I knew this. I think we might have spoken about it. Yes. Like a, Do you know that posh is an acronym? I don't even know what posh is. The word posh. When you say, "Ooh, that's posh," pish posh. Exactly. But posh. Ooh, like, What's that's tip? What's tip? To ensure promptness. <laughs> and posh. Port or um. Port, outbound starboard home. Okay, that. Yeah. Do you want me to explain it? Because mm, sure. there's the useless information yeah, in the yeah, old yeah. girl's head is pretty impressive. Um, when you, in the, the early years of, uh, cruise ships, if you were wealthy, you did not want to come back with a tan. Okay. Um, because only the people who were deckhands had tans and you did not want to be associated with being a deckhand. So as a result, when you went out of port, you, a port, you would be on one side of the boat that was shaded. Mm -hmm. And then when you were coming back, you would be on the other side of the boat in order to be shaded. So... Port side, outbound, star starboard, home were the two different sides of the boat, so right. you would always stay in a shaded cabin. All right. For yeah. all of our listeners that wanted to know that. Uh, yeah, radar. I forgot what radar stands for. But up. yeah, that's easy enough to look up. All radar. Right. You knew LASIK was an acronym, yes. though. I did know so LASIK was an acronym. But you know what's funny about this conversation um, is that Stephen was away last Shabbos, okay. and I sort of felt like having a good time with my kids Friday night. Because, as I mentioned, I think in the studio, I don't think I mentioned on That's Life, but I mentioned the studio that last weekend was National Sherlock Holmes Celebration Weekend or okay. something, right? One of those things I mentioned that nobody listens to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so one of my kids is a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. I so like I, Sherlock. Yeah, okay. Right. So I figured, you know what would be fun? Let's just plant clues in the menu okay. Friday night, nice which check. would otherwise be so weird. Right. And get it to get, you know, and do something fun. So I put, instead of serving like just meatballs for the first course, I put a whole slew of things on the table that make absolutely no sense in my eyes to be served together, which would then be awkward to my kids. Why is mommy serving the London broil when she's serving meatballs? That makes absolutely no sense. Why are there, why are there deviled eggs on the table? Okay. It just doesn't make any sense. Okay. So I put all these things on the table and they're all looking at me and I said, the following items on the table all have a common theme. And they're all just looking at me, and in, in the end, one after another, they figured it out. And I had written on car- cards before Shabbos, H-O-L-M-E-S. So each time they identified the right food, I put down a card. So one of my kids says, you know, so they're talking out loud. I'm not helping them at all. They're talking out loud. And one of my kids is going, Holmes. She said something about Sherlock Holmes last Shabbos, uh, la- uh, this week in the, in the group. In the family group, she said something. She said something, and one of my kids, my youngest, goes, "It must be an acronym." Oh. 
And then somebody else goes, huh. And then they're looking at the hummus, and I said, drop the C. And they're like, okay, hummus. Right. And then they went through everything, and they figured it out. So that was, eggs. right. London so broil. eggs, London broil, meatballs, um, soup, and olives. Olives. All right. Yeah. That's cool. So that was, that's Whatever. why this conversation is a little bit funny. And they're looking at me like, acronyms. right. So then, of course, my youngest goes, can we do this once a month? I'm like, <laughs> no. Like acronym themed. Right, exactly. <laughs> themed Friday night meals. But anyway, so we had a little bit of fun for about right. two minutes. I like that. Let me ask you, the uh, how many of your kids have glasses? How many of my kids have glasses at this moment? Um, four, four, out of, four out of six. So is it genetic? Is it? It is genetic. I mean, the other two know they're going to have glasses at some point or another. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just like. <laughs> yeah, figure it out. Pick out your frames now. Have um, any of your oldest asked about LASIK? No, they haven't. But they're they're big contact wearers. So I've never Especially worn contacts co- in my life. Really? Even 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 playing sports. Even playing sports. I've always like I saw my friends kind of like being bothered by them and and this and that. I was just like, it's not worth it. Like, so I used to wear uh, for sports. And actually, I don't know if you see the star over here. No. Because in, in uh, 12th grade, you know, I was playing some friendly football. I got elbowed and my glasses hit right oh. under my eye. Oh, okay. Which uh, caused for some some fun. I had to miss a week of basketball. But um, I always, not like rec specs, but just something to hold my glasses together. Okay. Um, I don't know. I never felt I was so hindered by it. You know, my, my play was not hindered by my lack of contacts. I mean, I run half marathons with my glasses on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm just used to me. it at this point. It just yeah. means I always have to have an extra pair of glasses just right. in case something were to happen. Exactly. Um, but actually, with my glasses, it's kind of funny because both my parents don't have glasses. Both my brothers, both my brothers, my me and my brother, my brother and I <laughs> have glasses. But we were in like a car accident in fifth grade. And okay. before then, I always had perfect vision, and I always attribute now my glasses needing to that car accident, even though, like, the doctor said, eh, like, you'll, you know, everything, and then I asked my optometrist, and, like, nah, that, usually that's not a thing, but, like, I promise you, ever since that day, like, I wasn't able to see the board, and this that's and that. That's interesting. And, and I used to, like, not wear glasses. They said, like, you didn't need glasses regularly, but then I was just like, all right, once I'm wearing them, yeah. I'm going to wear them all the time. I I've never been rocking understand- them since, like, seventh grade. I never understand but now I can't, like, now I, like. You can't. What are your, what's your prescription? No idea. Yeah, I didn't think so. No idea. But I know it's just like, I mean, I could live life without glasses, but like, you know, I could see the words on the screen. Oh, no, I can't see a thing. They're kind of all blurry. I can't see a thing. Not a chance. I can see that Nahum Single Network thing. Well, that's good. I'm happy you can identify our logo. (laughs) Um, But yeah, four out of my six kids have. And actually, my second to oldest said to me this morning, um, just to show you how dependent she is on her contacts in terms of athletics, she said to me, um, I'm completely out of context except for two pairs, once for volleyball and once for hockey. <laughs> yeah, like, you, okay. need a, you need solution and this and that and the drop. Yeah. And I was just like, eh, forget it's it. not my thing. I thought about LASIK for like a second also. You're like, still with few, You're in the window. Yeah, probably. A few of my friends just got like relatively recently and they love it. But I also feel like I'd look weird without glasses. That's like, my point, thing. part of- I like my glasses. My image is exactly. my glasses. Exactly. Part, yeah, exactly. part of my persona. Exactly. Part of my persona. I love them. All right, so you knew what LASIK was. I, I sure that that did. The old girl wins again. I think this you is have yet three to, straight weeks where you have you've yet heard to of it and me. I haven't. Yes, you have right. yet to stop me on something that I'll come more prepared next week. Yeah, I would know about. I would not know about. It have week. to be something that hip hip kids are so doing. I was also thinking next week we're going to be coming off kosher fest, but I feel like anything food related you're going to know. Co- that is correct. So that's going to be tough. That is correct. I'm going to have to lay off of Kosher Fest items. Actually, something happened this morning. I can't even remember what it was, but it was like me going into a whole quick seminar on something food-related, and then I'm like, you know what? I should just shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I sound like an idiot. (laughs) 
Never. You never. Never, no. never, never. Never, never, never. Oh, useless information. Exactly. All right. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, sir. Rummy's telling us we got to go. So Always. We got a Wednesday live one coming tough. up. Right after the show. But again, Miriam, thank you very much. All right. Thank you all for tuning in for the last two hours here with me on Bite Size and the Knock'em Seagull Network. Download the NSN app. I know some people, I've been getting some emails. And by the way, if you'd like to contact me, anything regarding the network, yoni at com. But I've been getting some emails regarding the app that some people use to listen to our network. And I don't know, for some, there's some sort of other app out there. What you need to do, if it doesn't work with your new iOS 7 or whatever Android has out there, download the Nahum Siegel Network app. I know there's another app out there, but please download the Nahum Siegel Network app. That's the app you want. That's the, up, the updated app that's going to have everything you want and how we listen to the show. So download it on the Google Play Store or the iPhone app store. You could contact me again, Yoni at NahumSiegel.com or on Twitter at Yoni Pollock. And... Uh, If you would like to converse, I'd like to converse as well. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Joanna and Tova, this week's contributors. More coming up next week and the Wednesday Live Lunch coming up right now. My name is Yoni Pollock. Again, me and the the ender, I can never remember how this is. Have a good day. I'd like to wish you all a good day. That's what it is. And remind you that the bite size is always, always, always the right size.